This season turn it up to 10. Sort of like a bad habit, we gon' do it again. Ready or not, we're gonna tie some ends. Go tell a 36, try to grab all the friends. We're back like we never left. On track like a treble clef. Skip a beat on the seventh rest. Bring feast, we don't pass them over. We got the first fruits, no way to show us. This yoke is easy, this burns light. Even with a loud mouth trying to eat at the mic. Even if we down south, the humidity spike. Bales torn in two, so we gon' be alright. It's all grace till the half goes off. Heretics better run till the top blows off. Got them all stood still like a jaw full of Botox. Time to break them down like a jaw on a blow pop. Don't stop, they're in need of it though. Through grace, by faith, they could easily grow. New wave, new age, new way to see bro. Now, one truth, life, one way to his throne. That's Christ alone, that's grace alone, that's faith alone All glory to God, cause that's his alone Since the land's been slain, we can each belong The Lord is my strength, my peace and my song And I'll lay it all down at the feet of his throne So relax, God is still in control He knows every care, every fear that you hold He knows every hair, every need for your soul Nothing new around here, this story's been told Bet you feel weak and your life is in tatters With bruised feet, your body is battered You can't reach, trying to climb up that ladder Sit back and hold fast to Messiah matters it's all grace till the half goes off. Heretics better run till the top blows off. Got them all stood still like a jaw full of Botox. Time to break them down like a jaw on a blow pop. Don't stop, they're in need of it though. Through grace, by faith, they could easily grow. New wave, new age, new way to see bro. Now, one truth, life, one way to his throne. Bet you feel weak and your life is in tatters. With bruised feet, your body is battered. You can't reach, trying to climb up that ladder. Sit back and hold fast till Messiah matters. It is Wednesday, January 4th, 2023. This is Messiah Matters number 413. New camera, new email address, new year. My name is Caleb Hag. I can never, I can never live up. I'm Rob Van <laughs> You got to prepare, man. You got to prepare these things. Prepare. I did get a new camera. I think it looks nice. good. I'm you pumped are, about you it. You are even more handsomer. Thank you. Well, I think that uh, it looks like I actually have a real camera instead of a something cheap. We're going to get Rob one, hopefully by next week. We'll see. Uh, yeah. What's up, everybody? Thanks to everyone in the chat room uh, for being there. We are excited that you're with us. They are trickling in slowly. We have an interesting day today, um, and uh, we're going to talk, you know, it's always interesting when we decide to uh, name names. Normally we try not to name names, and the reason why is because when we name names, people tend to get offended. And uh, we usually try to talk about theology and uh, what we may or may not disagree with. However, there has been a significant amount of people who have sent us emails on this particular subject. And uh, we do have other subjects in case we exhaust the topic, the main topic for the day. However, we are going to jump directly into the, the main topic of our conversation today. And the reason why is because um, it seems to me that there is so much here to talk about that I think that it could go an entire show, possibly even more. But before we jump into that main topic, let's talk to you about how you can get a hold of us. You can give us an email 
Now, I said new email address. I'm going to talk to you about that in just a second. But I'm not going to try to confuse everyone too quickly. For the past, what, 10 years, it's been chagatorresource.com. That is true. That email address will continue to work, so never fear. However, with the uh, with the creation of the new with the advent Matter of site, the internet, <laughs> now, yes, exactly, <laughs> that is exactly right. Uh, Rob now has a new email address, as do I. It is Caleb, C A L E B at MessiahMatters.com. You can also get a hold of Rob. It's Rob at MessiahMatters.com. Now, I will admit I've had some trouble getting this into my normal mail server, and so uh, I am going to try to check it. However, uh, I'm going to try to get it in this week. Uh, also, you can shoot us an email, or I'm sorry, you can shoot us a um, voice message, rather, 253-465-3205. It's 253-465-3205. You won't talk to us. You'll talk to an answer machine. And don't forget... Robots. To to, we have robots control uh, behind the scenes. That's right. Don't forget to go to messiahmatters.com. There's all sorts of stuff you can do, including signing up for show notes. It's been a little bit hit or miss in the past week. Don't worry. I've got it all dialed in now. And so those who have signed up for show notes, you should get show notes by tomorrow afternoon. Uh, and thank you for everyone who has signed up. Uh, also, this show is produced by torahresource.com. If you would like to go to Torah Resource, you can find all sorts of free stuff, all sorts of great resources. And uh, you can also look at stuff that you can pay for like books and audio lectures and video lectures and all sorts of stuff. And uh, yeah, uh, our executive uh, producers will be popping up, popping up on our screen right now. Thank you, everyone who is an executive producer. Okay, with all of that said, the last thing, well, we are going to tell you to subscribe and to like this video. So before you see it on your screen, uh, a preempt, if you're not subscribed already, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. It really helps us. I know that sounds weird, but it does really help us. Okay. The last thing I want to say before we dive in to our main topic is that all of our associate producers who have been donating monthly to Messiah Matters through the Torah Resource website, you are still able to do that. You don't have to change anything. Everything is still the same, and you can manage your subscription at TorahResource.com. However, we have taken that product off of Torah Resource. It is now on Messiah Matters. And I have intended to give every single one of our associate producers a membership on MessiahMatters.com. If I have missed you, I apologize. Just email me and I'll get you set up. Otherwise, you can check in your, um, in your inbox and you should be able to see that uh, you have a new subscription there. You can go reset your password and then you will have access to things like Messiah Matters More. By the way, there is a Messiah Matters More video up. It is a pre-show uh, pre video to this video. And it's uh, Rob and I, uh, it's a little look into us uh, preparing for the show and uh, the conversations that we had kind of behind the scenes. And of, occasionally we we share some of the secrets of the universe. This, as the well. secret sauce. Yes. The, the secret of creation. Yes. Okay. Okay. Wow. That is and, a tall order. Where souls come from. Oh, gosh. Yeah, Rob's already preempted. I can tell this is going to be a, this is going to be a fiery one. Well, I got that. I got the Hoff goes off music all keyed up and ready to go. Uh, let's just before we jump into the topic, let's just see what is going on in the chat room. Oh, the pronomian perspective is in the chat room. Thanks for uh, quoting me last week on Instagram. That was it's always interesting when I get on Instagram and see things that uh, that I've said. <laughs> I, I, I'm being serious. It's yeah, that was a pleasant surprise. Thank you very much. Um, so like other shows, they are showing legs to prove they're not computer animations. Well, have we, okay, let's have a little fun for about 30 seconds. Have we ever shared the idea that we had of, I think we did of somebody making puppets, making us into puppets and then making a clip of pup. Anyway, never mind. Okay, let's jump into the main topic. Um, for those who, I'll give you a little backgrounds, and then uh, we're just going to jump in now. The way that we've structured this particular show is that I have uh, I have pulled several quotes and uh, several page page numbers um, to talk about. Rob has done the same. We have shared those with each other, and we will go through them. And, the, and let me tell you now what I am talking about. There's a ministry, a Messianic Jewish ministry called First Fruits of Zion. We have a history with First Fruits of Zion way back in the day. I personally don't, but my father does. 
Um, and First Fruits of Zion, through a series of unfortunate events, has, uh, we are back in 2008, 2009, Torah Resource completely disassociated from First Fruits of Zion. Now, some people might think that there's bad blood. I don't think there is, but I was not a part of it. So I don't know. You'd have to talk to all the people who are involved. Anyway, not the point. First Fruits of Zion uh, produces unbelievably beautiful resources. Now, when I say unbelievably beautiful, what I mean by that is uh, whoever is the, uh, who, whoever is on their design team is uh, is certainly a professional. They they have a, a professional design team putting out their resources. Their books look amazing. Their covers look amazing. Their resources look amazing. Everything is top notch when it comes to design. When it comes to content, we disagree pretty thoroughly with First Fruits of Zion. So that's going to come as no surprise anyone uh, who watches this show on a regular basis. So, uh, so far, we're still in familiar territory. Uh, now, things have changed a little bit in the past, I don't know, two or three weeks. We've gotten uh, numerous emails. It's actually, it's shocking to me when we get emails from people, uh, so many, it, like, in, like, in a row, that it's like one after another from people who don't like know each cluster. other. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cluster of something. And so something has happened or something has been released or something has come out. And basically what has happened is people in the uh, FFOZ for first fruits of Zion has a, a program called Torah club. Now, I mean, maybe this is where the, the, uh, the conversation should start. The Torah club has been around for a very long time. I mean, since the early years, two, has yeah, it been around yeah. 25, 30 years? 20, I don't know. Yes. Yeah, it's something like that. I, early two thousands, I think they were doing tour club and basically the way that I saw it then was what they were doing was they were going and attempting to show people the truth of the Torah. Now, FFOZ used to be one law, which means that they used to believe that the Torah was for Jew and Gentile alike. Since uh, around the 2008, 2009 mark, they started to shift on that. And they have subs subsequently come out with what they have titled uh, divine invitation theory. And that is that the Jews are required to keep the Torah, whereas the Gentiles are not required to keep the Torah. However, they are divinely invited. They're invited to keep the Torah if they want to. Now, I, it's been very difficult to understand how FFOZ sees this. Uh, in my personal view, it's difficult to understand this. And the reason that I say that is because they uh, advocate for conversion of Gentiles to, to Judaism or to some brand of... They, they advocate for conversion. If you are a Gentile, you can't do certain things uh, that a Jew would do because these things are not for you. So you need to convert and become Jewish and then you have the right to, so I don't know if they're saying that the Gentiles are invited to keep all of the Torah if they maintain their Gentile status, because uh, even in their own prayer book, they have certain prayers for Gen that, you know, that Gentiles can't say. And it's really, it's really, really weird. And it, it, to me, it's really weird. It totally uh, goes against what I think the scriptures are saying about Jew and Gentiles in the body of Messiah. Neither here nor there. Uh, so, so back to Torah club. And, and this is where we will begin. Torah Club, I thought when it started, was uh, essentially for, uh, for people in churches to do studies, to better understand the scriptures, and to understand the scriptures from a pro-law, a pro-nomian perspective that was, um, that, that was intended, I understood, and, I'm, and I could be totally wrong in this, but my understanding was it was to show Gentiles that they too could keep the law and that the law was for them. Now, obviously, with the shift of theology, that had to change. Is that how you saw it back in the day? Or what, I mean, have you ever, what, what, what are your thoughts of the original intention of, of Torah Club? Or, or well, although for I the, really, I, I never attended one. Okay. So I, I knew people who like had stuff and I remember flipping through it, you know, and going, Oh, what's this? So I don't have any firsthand experience of, of that. Um, uh, I had experience of a program that Ariel Berkowitz wrote called high Yisod, Um, and that was 20 over 20 years ago. And they had a, a, like a club or like you pay a certain fee and then you're part of a group. And then there's a person who's like trained to teach it. And that, and I can understand they're trying to create a a serious uh, learning environment where people have some skin in the game and they're committed to finishing the process and stuff like that. Um, but that was before that was well before this split that happened. You know, 
I so think Ariel. I, so in other words, Ariel Berkowitz. I, I'm I'm a big fan of Ariel's work uh, to, to this day, and um, the way I see it is FFOZ basically changed out of fear of man. I mean that that's my opinion. I mean, uh, uh, and strangely, it's it, it to my knowledge, I don't think there's I. And correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think any of the the main leaders or teachers are Jewish. I think I mean, I think they've converted under strange, strange situation. But it's still it's like American. It seems to me like it's American Christians who have, you know, romanticized the rabbinic world, jumped into it, and then and then start teaching or presenting themselves as teachers of Christians. Okay, hang on just a second. Um, let's not let's not so, let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves here. The chat room has given context. I feel like we're this is like the Twitter, uh, you know, the the Twitter notes. Okay, but oh, speaking of Twitter, go check out Messiah Matters at Messiah Matters. We've started populating on our uh, Twitter account. Okay, so there is some really good uh, conversations that have come come in here. Um, Torah Club was first published in 1998 by da by Daniel Lancaster just prior to him joining FFOZ. Okay, that puts context on that. And then um, Josiah also gives us a little more context. He says, uh, they have divorced the divine, I'm sorry, they have di disavowed the divine invitation theology. So That's, they changed again? They, they changed again, apparently. They have gone oh. down a path of choosing a different term, distinction theology, where they endorse Gentiles <laughs> avoiding public observance of distinct Jewish commandments. Okay, so they're they're uh, they're you know we're all works in progress. I mean that's, that's <laughs> oh that's man, okay, you know changing, okay. changing. Okay, okay. So so uh, uh, one of the conversations that Rob and I had this morning is, and we started to have this conversation. So we said, wait, 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 let's let's talk about this on the show. So the question that that ultimately is, uh, and you, you'll this will come more and more into light it as we go me of down. LDS, like LDS, you can't call them Mormons, or is it like they're no, actually we're LDS. Right, because they at first they were Mormons, the Mormons, <laughs> and, then, and then it's like sometimes like Mormons are told, yeah, you got we're rebranding, we're distancing <laughs> ourselves from the term Mormon. Now we're LDS specifically. Reminds me of that sort of thing. Anyway, so go, go ahead. The, the, the question the question ultimately comes into view here is who is who is the audience here? And and and, and okay, let's talk about this for uh, let's shed light on this real quick. FFOZ ha uh, has has made no um, has not hidden the fact that they are unashamedly following after the rabbis. Okay, so rabbinical literature they've come straight out and said we don't believe in sola scriptura. Okay, to me that signals something to a Christian audience. Okay, so to an evangelical so. Now, I'm not saying, look, if, if they have a specific theology and they have a specific belief and they are trying to push that specific theology and belief, that is up to them. And, and the audience that they are trying to grab then would probably fit under whatever they're trying to push. Okay, so if you also do not believe in Sola Scriptura, and we're going to hash this out at length in this show, but if you also do not believe in Sola Scriptura, and let's pretend for a few seconds that you are, uh, you have, as Rob has said, walked through rabbinic candy land and come out stuck with all the, you know, candy all over you. And <laughs> now you, and, and, and that this is the worldview that you are now seeing uh, scripture through, then FFOZ is probably for you. They are, I would say they're marketing well, not to necessarily. you. I mean, there's people who are the Enochic crowd, <clears throat> like that are pushing the Book of Jubilees and the Sadducee calendar and stuff like that. They're, they're also but, not Sola Scriptura. No, but I, but I, but I, but this is where I, but this is where I'm saying walk through the rabbinic candy land. In other words, they have bought oh, okay, into this. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's this, if you, if you hold to both those things, then FFOZ is probably for you. So there, there is an audience, but the question oh, the that comes, rock candy mountain. <laughs> <laughs> the question that I have is, okay, who, who, who is their audience? Who do they see as their audience? Because it used to be in my opinion, and I could be off on this. I've never worked no, for it, FOZ. No, he says in the thing, know. he says, we provide Messianic Jewish teaching to Christians and Jews. So Okay, but oh, wait, stop, stop. That's the, that's what they do. They provide the, that's Messianic what they say, Jewish but how teaching. Can, how can you how can you be be marketing? I mean, this is a genuine question. How can you be marketing to Christians and 
outright saying we disavow sola scriptura. Because, because they promote the idea that Christianity is needs, and it says, needs re-education. Christians are often shocked when they hear this truth, and so we need to help them understand that the idea is that Christianity needs to needs a bunch of adjusting, and Judaism is the rock by which that, and Judaism is the chiropractor, right? So Christianity is someone's Good like, analogy. oh, you know, you, you've got you've got all these problems, and uh, we're the chiropractor because we and we know all the techniques of Judaism, which are our chiropractic work, you know, just let me do this and I'll just, trust me, I'm just going to twist your head a little bit and, and you know, and then I'm going to give you this, chiro- it's like FOZ is like the chiro- Messianic Jewish chiropractors for the church. And that's that's kind of the way I see it. That Well, that's how they present themselves. Okay, but but we need to also but recognize- in fact, I'm just going to say, the Judaism that FFOZ, FFOZ teaches does not exist. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's not a real being. It's not a real entity, but yet they attribute it in their writings. And I, I, I wrote a review of of one of their books called The Tent of David, like ten years ago or so, and it was the same thing. It was um, thinking, and I called, I used the analogy then, Duplo Legos. You know, Duplo Legos are like those giant Legos that taught like toddlers use. That's what that's that are all what, over my house currently. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what, that's what, that's the sense I get with their material. It's like, it's like trying to, trying to use Duplo Legos to, and, and it's, um, I have mixed feelings about it. I mean, it's, it's really, it's very disappointing, but um, I see it in this thing too. The idea of, and I, I actually went through and wrote a list of several things that are attributed to quote Judaism as an agent. And it's, it's like, wow, you know. I couldn't okay, hang on, wait, 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 we, we, we got it. We got to Go explain ahead. this because that, because I don't think that that, that uh, we've, we've read this, but the chat room has not. And so, um, we need to, we need to describe a little bit of what has, what, what we're talking about. So ultimately in the, in the Torah club today, um, the, uh, is the review still available to read? I believe it is on Torah resource. If not, uh, Mike, can you please post a link in the description? I believe it's on our articles website. Okay. Um, so, um, basically what has happened is, is a bunch of people said, Hey, there's this teaching that is in Torah club and all these people all at once start, start sharing this with us. There's this article in Torah club and, uh, they're teaching preexistence of the soul. Now, before we get into this, let me just say, do I think that the soul is preexistent? What I mean by that is, did God at creation create a bunch of souls and they they're waiting in a storeroom, they're wit, you know they're waiting in the heavenly candy land or whatever you want to say. And then God says, "Hey, I've made a body. You got chose. It's like your number your, comes up. Your Ding. number comes up. Oh, yep, your number comes up. We're putting you in this body. Go. Okay. So so do I believe that? Personally, I do not believe that. Theologically, is that is there a huge problem theologically if that is the case? I would actually say <clears throat> no. There's not necessarily a, a, a large theological problem that I am currently aware of. With that said, there is a major theological problem, major theological problem that FFZ has run into by attempting to push this. And this is and and so ultimately, what what are they pushing? Uh, there is an article that has been read or or uh, written. I'm sorry. There is. Do you want to call it an article? Is that what it is? It's there's an article uh, called the pre incarnation. Uh, I'm sorry, the pre incarnate existence of the soul by Daniel Lancaster, and this is part of the Torah club. So this is they expect uh, they expect Christians in in these Torah clubs to to read this and then get you know be edified from it. And uh, so this is where we're pulling our criticism from. It's not, it's not a, I mean, we could talk about FFOZ's work ad nauseum, um, but we don't need to do that. We have a specific document. Now, we're not going to share this document because we don't have permission to, to share it. Um, and so we're not going to share it. Uh, if you want to see this document, then you can talk to someone who uh, is in Torah Club or something like that. We do have the document, and uh, so we have both read through it and uh, have made notes. Do you want to start, or do you want me to start? Um, 
I kind of feel like we already started. I think no, I, I mean, I mean, so so you you started to talk about how they talk about uh, how they refer how Lancaster re- references uh, 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 Judaism as an entity. Can you? Oh yeah, yeah. That's de- describe I, I can, that. I can start there. The the thing is, you know, I I teach a theological research and writing class and have for ten years, and um, plus I you know I went to college, I went to grad school, I have published articles in academic domain, you know? And so, um, when I read this, I was just like, wow. Um, it was surprising, you know, surprising on like that a lot of stuff that's being smuggled in. Um, I'm like, wow, who's their at content editor? Like, like you say, they make a handsome product, but it reminds me of kind of like, you know, like lucky charms or, you know, something that's got great art artwork, and cartoon like professionally but when it's like man don't eat that stuff you know i know it's got colorful cartoons and and kids like you know sure sorry, okay but, Caleb, but I, I know your kids like lucky Charms. <laughs> they don't we no, don't allow them to eat them no here here's the thing so i i just made a couple notes one of them is it so the the point is this is when i come to a paper like this i read it like there's there's so many facets from which to approach it and it's like, I have to like, well, I can't, I'm not going to write a, a thorough response. He's not, it's not, a, he's not a student of mine, right? I'm not helping him grow as a writer. It's not my, or, or challenging him theologically. That's not my role here. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll just choose a, a few things that would be easy to convey. And again, I saw the same thing in the tent of David. Um, so that was over 10 years ago, I think. Um, so they might've changed certain things, but this hasn't changed is the use of the word Judaism. And I'll just, I, I have like eight different things where in this, it says, <clears throat> and I'll just give you, Judaism is in these examples is most often the subject of, the, of a statement. And then, so there's a verb attributed to Judaism. So Judaism takes it for granted that, 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 that's one. Judaism considers that, 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 that. What Judaism teaches on the subject. Judaism employs that, that, that. Judaism derives the idea that that, that. Um, the original opinion taught in Judaism. There are several of these. So the point is, Judaism then, in in terms of literature, it's Judaism is a character now. Judaism yeah. is a person that can take for granted, that can that considers, that teaches, that employs, that derives. It's an entity given personhood in 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 the literature perspective. And then attributed with authority. And then the FFOZ writers identify themselves in their literature with this entity. It's like a golem, right? It's like with this entity that has all this power. And then that is their authority then. In other words, if you took Judaism away, they, they don't have anything to offer. Well, all, so, they, all they have to offer is to go to this world of Judaism, cherry pick things from Jewish authors, probably most of it, I would imagine. I don't know if they have any competency, especially when it comes to Kabbalah, because the, the core texts of the Kabbalah are in Aramaic, and they're not easy texts at all. I mean, I, I've spent quite a bit of time over the last 20 years reading texts in in that Aramaic, in, in, of those texts and the, the popular Kabbalistic commentaries on those texts, very familiar with it. And and what I get from this is that he's not really, he doesn't really understand that world. It's like, it, it, to me, it, it's just a strange thing. Another bit is five times you find the Jewish perspective. Well, okay, hang on just and a second. And then wait, also wait. five times Jewish belief. So Jewish perspective, Jewish belief, again, as if these are somehow transcendent entities that are monolithic and fixed. Okay, yeah, and, and we need to wait, wait. That's such a, it is such a we, disservice to thinking humans. We need to, we need to, we need to hash that out just a little bit, though. The, the point I think that needs to be to be driven home is there is no monolithic. There is no one yeah, no. thought of Judaism. <laughs> to, to say yeah. Judaism believes is like saying Christianity believes. You can't say that. You know, right, there's right. the 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 only synagogue 
the only synagogue in Tacoma, which has 280,000 people, 280,000 people, there's one synagogue in Tacoma. They are reformed. They, half of them don't even believe that there's a God. Right. So is he talking about that Judaism too? You know, exactly. they, they, they fully affirm the LGBTQ uh, movement and have homosexual couples right. in their exactly. congregation. Is, does that so the mean point that, is now, so they're selling a Judaism, that's what I mean, that does not exist except in their own imagination. They're selling and a Judaism. Well, well, as long on, as their wait, audience goes, wait, oh, I'm just kidding. That's the point. As, as, as long as they, they are presenting what they want their audience to believe is Judaism. But, but it, 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 it is something that they have created. In other words, is there, is there people in Judaism and is there sex that might believe certain things of what they're saying? Okay, sure. But does Judaism as a whole believe that would be like, it'd be like me saying Christianity believes in Calvinism. Christianity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You it, can't do that. You can't say that, you know, Christianity, you know, believes in, you know, it's theonomy. Christianity, Christianity teaches infant baptism. Right. Exactly. You know how many Baptists Christianity would, would, celebrates Christmas on January? What is it? January sixth uh, or whatever? Right. Right. It, no. Okay. So exactly, that's the point. But they're getting away with it because people don't. Their audience doesn't know very much about Judaism. That's my argument. That if I were to say one thing, they are marketing to people that really don't know anything about Judaism. And so think, it's a tickle, so it's a tickling ears kind of thing. Well, I think that they're play, they're playing and banking on the ignorance of their audience, and I'm not saying that in, they in wanna, a vulgar yeah, way. They want to con- I'm not, control. I'm not, I'm not saying that in a vulgar way towards the audience. It, I, I would not expect the average person or even a, a, well, a well-trained Christian to understand the ins and outs. I don't understand the ins and outs of the Kabbalah. So uh, for them to say things like this, uh, they're, they're banking on the idea that the, that the audience is ignorant to the fact, uh, to, to any of the Kabbalistic teachings or, what the, what, or to the notion that Judaism teaches, right? I mean, even that concept, even... You know, we hear, I hear this a lot within the Messianic movement. Oh, well, Judaism teaches, it's like, you can't say that. And Judaism in the first century, we hear this all yeah. the time. Judaism in the first century believed. You can't say that because, yeah, exactly. the, I mean, well, it's- Judaism it, doesn't believe anything. Humans believe things. Right, right. Humans believe. So So that that shows me that, sadly, there's a, there's a very, very childish, underdeveloped, not childlike, but like childish. Um, I don't know if it's naive or not. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know the people, you know, so. Um, but it's 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 sadly maldeveloped. And uh, I, I'll share a couple of quotes then and then you can. You can go. Take okay, hang on, just a second. Wait, wait. We got it. We got it. Got to address the uh, chat room here. Uh, Unashamed Jesus says, "How big is this movement?" Uh, and then uh, Josiah responds, "Which movement?" And they say, "Christianity does have foundational beliefs." I agree. Christianity does have found foundational beliefs. These, what is being talked about here, is not foundational beliefs. And ultimately, Judaism, right. I would say, is a lot more. Uh, doesn't hard. Have, Judaism doesn't have foundational beliefs. It wasn't till Maimonides. So that's like you know, medieval Spain, where he's like, finally going, look, we have to have some sort of belief. Anima, I mean, right. right. I believe with a complete faith that the Torah is, you know, this and that. And, yes. Right. But that's a response to Christian and, <laughs> and Islamic pressures in the world. That's not, uh, there is no, if someone says Judaism teaches or Judaism believes, let that just be like a flag on your dashboard of like, okay, this person is, trying to get me to stop using my brain. The, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, is that humans trying to com- believe things, <laughs> right? Let's let uh, unashamed of Jesus. It's, I mean, I, I'm not, I think that what you're saying is a good point. Christianity does have foundational beliefs. And one of the reasons that this is such a good point is because Christianity compared to Judaism is different. Christianity has always had foundational beliefs and it starts with the Messiah is the, is Yeshua is the Messiah and that he is the son of the living God. And so that God is that supposed to be Christian then? They wouldn't say it. I don't think they would say, Oh, I don't Christian. think that they'd want, they would not want to be put in that uh, box. I don't think. Right. And, and then, and then uh, later, so they, so they were Christians who converted to Judaism and now want to tell, tell Christians about the Christianity. 
Okay, hang on uh, just a sec. Unashamed of Jesus goes on, and, and this is so. This is some great points that need to be hashed out here. He says, "I don't know. It sounds like they are talking about a new movement or cult group, and, and, and talking about us. And and ultimately, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about FFOZ in general? Yes, it is a document that they've put out. However, what I see this is FFOZ has joined the ranks of of groups like the MJAA and the UMJC. Okay, I mean, this is kind of where they're at. So we're talking about a really the broad kind of membership. And right. Team. It's 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 a broad spectrum of what is becoming uh, facets of Messianic Judaism. You know, it's this, you know, if, if you talk to people who are uh, who are just really happy to, to call themselves Messianic Jews, go to a Messianic Jewish synagogue. And I'm not saying this across the board, but a lot of people are happy to associate themselves with the broader Messianic Jewish movement. And that would be UMJC, uh, MJAA. So things like Kinzer. And things like Rudolph, right, uh, are some names. You would also have people like Itzhak Shapira. And it's Itzhak Shapira has definitely gone down this same road of attempting to um, uh, attempting to not only make Judaism a monolithic thing, but also in attempting to bring Jewish mysticism into into the conversation and make it and make it a a foundational rock to stand on. And and this is ultimately where we're going. So let's go back to this document. And some people might say, well, why, why are you talking about this? I don't care. Right. Yeah. Well, who, who cares? And the point yeah. is, is that there are a lot of people who are not only be, being uh, faced with this particular article. So specific people that listen to this show are being confronted with this particular article. But this comes down to a much bigger conversation. Ultimately, the conversation is this. This is the conversation, and maybe this is what we should have started with. The conversation that we are attempting to address is who is the authority within the life of a believer? Do we allow for things outside of Sola Scriptura? Now, some people who listen to this show are going to say yes. Others are going to say no. One of the reasons that we so strongly affirm and fight for Sola Scriptura is because of articles like this. Now, Let's give you'll let's just go to it. Right. Uh, so some of the uh, let's do your quotes first, because this speaks directly to this issue. Do you want to uh, talk? Yeah, about I just your, have your two I'll share. Uh, one okay. is uh, <clears throat> First Fruits of Zion provides Messianic Jewish teaching to Christians and Jews. In other words, we use Jewish sources and Jewish thought to bring light to the Bible. That's the interpretive principle behind the Torah club commentaries. So in other words, Jewish sources and Jewish thought bring light to the scripture. So the source of light is not the scripture. The source of light is, quote, Jewish sources and Jewish thought that is bringing light to the scripture. That's a scary, that, that's a, that, if that doesn't kind of give you pause while you're reading it. Um, okay. Because in other words, the scripture is not the light. Something else is bringing light. Okay, and then the other quote is this. The well, hang on, wait, 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 wait. I want to oh, talk about that for oh. a second. Hang on. You know, it, when I read that quote, it made me genuinely sad, like genuinely sad. And the reason why is because I, I think that people are reading this and thinking, oh, okay, well, they're using Jewish sources to bring light to the Bible. In other words, they're interpreting um, the Bible through Jewish sources. The way that I read this and there's a specific reason why I read this. They talk about this in the article. The reason, the, the way that I, am, that I am reading this is that they are viewing the scriptures <clears throat> through rabbinic commentary and Jewish mysticism. And we've talked a lot on this show about how I believe that Jewish mysticism is Israel following after the Baals. And so to me, uh, I've, I, I said to somebody at the ETS, I said, I believe that Messianic Judaism or that Judaism in general, Israel is still following after the Baals and Messianic Judaism is falling into the trap of thinking that anything Jewish is good. And therefore they are walking right into the trap of following after the Baals too in their theology through Jewish mysticism. And the person that I was talking to looked at me and just said, I've never heard it put like that. I think you're absolutely right. Now, why would I say that? The reason why is because if we read Jewish mysticism, it's not found in the Bible. Not only is it not found in the Bible, but it is what I would consider to be anti-biblical theology. And there are 
Now, back to our conversation about a, a broad term of Judaism, like Judaism believes, there, are, there is a movement today, today, there is a movement of Jews, non-believing Jews, that are anti-Jewish mysticism. There's a whole movement. They reject all of the, the Jewish mystical texts. They basically accept the Mishnah and the Talmud, and that's it. They don't go into the Zohar or anything like that. Okay, so you can't just say that this is like an outside idea. Why do people reject Jewish mysticism? And the reason why is because some Jews have realized that this is not, this is not okay. And so this quote in particular is very concerning to me. It shows that FFOZ does, and the people who are globbing onto such theology, what they're doing is they're ready and willing to listen to outside sources that are not biblical, that are not from a believing standpoint, and that have brought in uh, false religions into their interpretation to, to view the Bible through. And I think that that shines yeah, forth yeah, in no, this here's, article. Here's, what I see here is actually they're abusing rabbinic text. Yes. They're going into a rabbinic world when they're not rabbis, and I, I would say they're not even Jews, at least most of them, going into a rabbinic world, finding things that they think, you know, they're cherry picking, and yeah. then they're taking those things out of context and then bringing, taking them out of that world and then repackaging them along with quotes from the New Testament and selling it. That's their business model. And, and because here's the thing, they're not really in that world because the the Jewish Kabbalism is about reincarnation and it's about tikkun, the tikkunim, the tikkun of the soul. You have, you have 613 commandments and no one can keep them. And each of the mitzvot correspond to one of the, the limbs or sinews of the human body of a Jewish male body, by the way, males only. Um, Sorry, and when sorry, you ladies. A, when you break a mitzvah, you damage either one of your limbs or one of your sinews in your in your body. You damage, the, you, and and until you perfect, there is no release from coming back to olam hazeh, this world. You return to this world again and again, and it can go worse for you. I mean, there's. All sorts so, of stories. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Of, of rabbis wait, coming back as cows or frogs or dogs. I mean, this this is all sorts of stuff, and they need to be released from that from that prison. And what happens though? They take this stuff about the pre-existent doctrine of the soul. They get that little idea and they steal it from that whole context, which is part of the whole mythology of the you know the kabbalistic uh, mythology right. of, of where the world came from. And then, and they totally take it away from that. So the core questions I have, A, for FFOZ, do you believe the Zohar was written by Shimon Bar Yochai in the second century? Like, yes or no? And then two, do you believe in Gilgul HaNefesh? Do you believe in in the the reincarnation? I want to know those two things from okay, FFOZ. Hang on, hang on just a sec, because this is actually a very important po point. When we talk about the, 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 the idea of reincarnation within Judaism. Some might think that this is an outlier. It's not. Reincarnation is a large part of Jewish mysticism. And the fact of the matter is, is that in my opinion, it is an attack on biblical theology because it takes away the need for the Messiah. It takes away the need for the Messiah to come and die for our sins. If we reincarnate until we become per perfect and then we uh, assimilate into the, into the Ein Sof, and this might sound way out there, but this is standard Jewish mystical doctrine. If then we no longer need the Messiah to come and die for our sins because we yeah, can reincarnate and, is, and become perfect. The other sadness here, what I, what the overall sense after reading this article was like, this is, this reminds me of, of salt that has been thrown out on the street and is being trampled. Like it's like Yeshua says, if salt loses its saltiness, what's it good for? Nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under the feet by men. That's, that's, what this reminds me of. They define fear of God as the conviction that God rewards the righteous and punishes the wicked. That's that's foolishness. F fear of God, the beginning of wisdom, fear of God is, is the, a sense of absolute horror 
at how one's sins have been um, uh, not, that one has not yet had the, the consequence of their sin in face of the holiness of the Creator, and that we have nothing to stand on but God's grace and the terror of that gap of that difference and the desire that that God would in his mercy for no other purpose for no no merit on our own would would show us kindness and goodness and it's just right we in in Hebrew reading class we're reading Daniel 9 right Daniel I mean he's he that's fear of God it says he's he's fasting sackcloth ashes he's praying and he says to you lord you know you are the one who keeps the covenant but we you to you is righteousness but to us shame of face that's fear of god you know it there's just so many things here and it's like wow oh. I, I i honestly i don't know how many people are reading this stuff i don't know how many people are influenced by it but um Okay, hang on just a second, yeah. because I want I want to before you go on with your because the next quote that you were going to do, I want to actually save that for the last one. That's I think that the last quote that you chose, um, the pre-incarnate existence of the soul is never explicitly stated. Dot dot dot. Mm-hmm. That I, I think that that is the I think that that is the um, the pinnacle statement in the in the entire uh, article that would not only make me stop reading this article, but would make me not listen to anything that F of Z says. Um, so I think that it, it's good enough. Uh, it's the, I, I think it's the one that we should save for the last. Um, I want to go here. Uh, this is uh, in under, they have a, a heading, the Jewish journey of the soul. Now, what's really interesting about this is that uh, Lancaster, <laughs> everything's then, Jewish or <laughs> Lancaster makes the statement, but then goes on later to quote from platonic thought uh, to try to, to, uh, bolster his, his, uh, ideas. Uh, he says this Judaism takes it for granted that the soul has its origin, like everything else within the universe in the six days of creation. In other words, it pre-exists its, uh, its incarnation into the body, but it does not pre-exist the creation of the universe. And then in brackets, he says, note that this is not the type of pre-existence taught in platonic schools of thought, which posit that all souls are part of the divine logos and therefore pre-exists the creation of the physical universe. Instead, Judaism considers souls to be created beings like angels and spirits. Okay. This is, he's talking out of two sides of his mouth here. And the reason why is because this is like platonic thought. And the reason why is because the Ein Sof, Jewish mysticism, and the idea of the Ein Sof and the, the 12 emanations of God and the breaking of the vessels and the sparks. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I, I wrote an entire uh, series on this, uh, which is on, I, I taught it on, uh, in the Philippines, and you can find it on TorahResource.com. Um, you can also find my article, which uh, condenses all of this on um, Jewish mysticism. I actually don't remember what it's called, but I'm sure Mike can find it and post it in the chat room for us if he's still listening. Um, the 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 point here is that uh, this is exactly what Judy what he his brand of Judaism when I and when I say Judaism I'm talking about what he's talking about in terms of Jewish mysticism and the Ein Sof and all this stuff. It is heavily influenced from the uh, from Platonic thought and from the Logos, and it is this brand of Judaism's. And I'm not going to say Judaism because there are multiple brands of Judaisms that hold to uh, such Platonic thought. But it is th- these brands, and and he actually uh, he quotes he quotes uh, uh, he references the first uh, chapter of John, and then he re- reference as Platonic thought and the, and uh, attaching to the to the divine logos. But then he also goes in and, and looks at Philo, and Philo was a, a he pulled from Platonic thought itself. So even the examples that he's giving, he's saying these are Platonic in nature, which I do not believe that John the first chapter of John is Platonic in nature. Not not the point. But he is, he's, what he's actually teaching is a direct descendant from Platonic thought and from, from the idea of this like divine logos. And I think that we see this throughout. Okay. Anything to say on that? No. 
Let's, uh, do you want to go to, hang on. Um, are, is there any other pa passages that you want to look at? Because there's a, I have a couple that we can look at. Um, well, just my, I just had one other one, you know, which was that, um, the pre-incarnate, pre-incarnate existence of the soul is never explicitly stated. Um, we can't prove it from the Bible. That that's like the most purest sentence I think in the whole thing. <laughs> we can't prove it from the Bible. Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> you said something true. We can only prove the pre-incarnate existence of the soul if we rely upon the teachings of the sages and Jewish theology. It's it's they're being very very for, forthright here, which I think is uh, is good. First fruits of Zion has never claimed to present sola scriptura interpretations of the Bible. And then the final section there, the, the reason we believe in the pre-incarnate existence of the soul is because that's what Judaism teaches on the subject. Well, I would say Judaism rejects the gospel. Exactly. So why, why do you not follow Judaism on that? I would say Judaism believes in reincarnation. Do you believe in that? Judaism believes that uh, Shimon Bar Yochai authored the Zohar. Do you believe that? Judaism believes the Mishnah is a written down um, uh, capturing codification of an oral law that was given to Moses at Mount Sinai, independent of the written Torah. Do you believe that? I mean, you could go, you could ask all sorts of questions like, was there two Torahs revealed at Mount Sinai? Do you believe that one oral and one written? I mean, I think they have, wait, wait, hang on. Just like, I think that they have to believe that. Well, I don't know if they have to, I think they're cherry picking. I think that they're cherry pickers. But, okay. yeah, it's, it's, I, yeah, it's, I, I, I agree it, with you on that. I have a range of emotion about this and it's just, it's, 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 um, yeah, but you know, uh, okay. I want to. I want to. Putting a gold ring in the in the on a snout of a pig doesn't help. It's still a pig. I want to. Uh, I want to go and to. And pigs a, a do not become kosher, by the way. <laughs> I want to go to a couple. Contrary of places. to other popular messianic Jewish teachers and rabbis. <laughs> I want to go to a place. Uh, I want to go to a couple of uh, passages that they that are quoted from the apostolic scriptures. And what, the reason I want to do this is because I think that this shows uh, really a mutilation of the text. I mean, it's it, this is not um, this is not how we do exegesis. He says, "Well, why did why does it say we we can we prove it when we rely on the teachings of the sages? Why did why believe something not because it's in the Bible, but because it's what Judaism teaches? Yeshua says, "Build your house on the rock." Right. If you built your house on the rock. You're, you're going to be fine. But if I say, well, I, I'm believing all these things, I'm building a house on something that's because it's what the Jewish sages teach. That is sand. Yeah, well, actually, one of the what one of the things that he he uh, states in here is he goes to Josephus and talks about uh, Josephus theology as if we're supposed to uh, accept Ju uh, Josephus theology. I, I, I and. I don't know any scholar who says that that uh, Josephus was a theologian that we should be listening to. Rather, he was a historian and not a great one at that in terms of he, he gets facts wrong. But the point here is simply that uh, why would you build your, your theology around something that Josephus says? Uh, Scott in the chat room says, they say no about two Torahs. The question was asked, F of a Z said only one Torah. So you're right then. They are, they are cherry picking. Then, okay, no, that's two sides of their mouth then. <clears throat> Because it says that we we believe in pre-incarnate existence of the soul because that's what Judaism teaches on the subject. We cannot prove it from the Bible. That means, and, and he just says, we don't present sola scriptura. So right. that is their, if they're saying that they believe in the 66 book canon, that's lip service. You can't have it both ways. Yeah. I, I don't um, believe it for a minute. I, be, I, I believe what's in this article rather than what's on their About Us page. So the check about this out. Us page is advertising. So look, the About it, Us it, page is come buy our products. That's what the About Us page is. And they don't want to flag anybody 
away from their marketplace. Okay, hang on. Let's uh, let's let's stop for a second. There's a couple of these that I that I just kind of scratch my head at. Look at this. He says uh, the body is to spirit as a garment is to the to a human being. In the apostol in the in the apostolic analogy, the body is meant to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. Likewise, Paul is able to say that the spirit of Messiah dwells in him. It is no longer I who lives, but Messiah lives in me. Galatians two twenty. It's possible for the spirit of Messiah to dwell in a person because our bodies are designed for hosting spirits, including our own. Needless to say, the Holy Spirit and the spirit of Messiah pre-exist our mortal body. And this is what I wrote. My comment, uh, my note on this was, this is a major jump. Our bodies house our soul. They also equals, they also house the Holy Spirit equals, the Holy Spirit is pre-existent equals, therefore we are pre-existent. And these are the kind of jumps. Yeah. These are the kind of jumps that I see constantly throughout this article. And it's as if no one is supposed to, everyone's supposed to just accept it. What's the bottom line here? What is the bottom line that, that, that we should be getting at? Well, wait, what's he, what he wants to say is the way we need to understand our, our lives is a, is in the metaphor of journey of a travelers that began as souls at the beginning of creation that in a certain time came into into an incarnation and our memory was wiped clean. So we have no memory of that time that we had because we have to have free will. And then in free will, we then are are in a body and inevitably we're going to sin. And inevitably, because we're a a pre-incarnate soul that has now come into a body that's like a tent, I'm going to get locked in to the problems of the body, which have to do with sin. And the goal of salvation is to free, to be free. To, so my soul can once again be uh, where it was before my incarnation. It's, it, to me, it reminds me of like Gnosticism. It's not what the Bible teaches at all. It, it is a, but that's not that, but that's not the driving. So I, I'm yeah, seeing this okay, differently. Well, but, but let me finish. And then understanding this journey is essential if we want to understand this passage about Rishit Chokhmah, the beginning of wisdom. The beginning of wisdom, and, and this is, it says, if we want to learn about the beginning of the wisdom, we must learn about the beginning of the soul. So in other words, you're not even going to be able to know that what wisdom is unless you adopt this mythology. Yeah, I read that and I thought, whoa, you know, man. You, and so he said he studied Chabad for 30 years, and it just occurred to me, I'm like, okay, Chabad is the Trinity, the Holy Trinity of, of, of the Lubavitchers, right? Chokhmah, Bina, Dina, or Da'at, right? And so wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And what I get from this guy, he's got a little bit of Da'at, a little bit of knowledge, but no Chokhmah, no wisdom, and no Bina, no understanding. Uh, and and yet he studied with Chabad for thirty years. He says in here. Okay, but hang on just a second, because because I I completely understand what you're saying. And yes, on the outset, I think that this is exactly what the, the article is intending to do. However, I see this as a much be- bigger play. I see I see this article, whether or not it's the intention of the author or not. I see this, and uh, I see this as a a a line in the sand. And that line in the sand is F of O Z. And notice that this is not available. Like this article is not available to the public. You have to be in the Torah club to, to have this article. And the, the point here is that they are, uh, they are putting it out to the Torah club first before they would put such things out to the general public, because what's going to happen if they put something like this out to the general public, this is a veiled way of saying we don't, and they've come out and said that they don't believe in Sola Scriptura, but it's a veiled way of saying we accept the Jewish mystical writings as divinely authoritative. Right. That's what this article is. And we don't believe in original sin, right? Because the idea is, is your soul, your true, he calls it your true self. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, your true self. And then he uses the word ghost, like you're a goat, like he uses a couple synonyms, but it's like your real self is pre. So that means no sin, right? Your true self is, is, has no sin, right? 
it's only the problem with the body where you get entangled and and then somehow you get you get freed from that. Well, is I mean, it doesn't uh, you know various facets of Jewish mysticism believe that that there is no original sin? I mean, there are there are some Jews who believe that uh, we are that there's an e- evil inclination, but not that we are evil. Am I right on that? Well, again, it depends on who you ask, but there are, there are, uh, fair, fair. There are Kabbalistic texts, though, that say that when, um, that a, that there's a stain, is the humah, is the word it's used, a stain of Eve that is on, you know, everybody who comes into the world. They don't use the word original sin, like, like in Christian theology. Right, 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 right. Um, ultimately, so, okay. So with all of that said, so that's what I believe is, is going on in this article. I believe that this article is actually a, a, uh, an attack on Sola Scriptura and a line in the sand saying, we are going to take Jewish mystical texts as divinely authoritative in that they can interpret the Bible for us. And with that said, what is, what is the implication of that? In my opinion, the implication of that is, is that if you are a believer in Yeshua, and you're in a Torah club. Get out. That's it. Yeah. They've drawn yeah. the line in the sand. And if you if you are against an expansion of the, of the canon, if you believe in Sola Scriptura, then what they are teaching is anti that. Now, if you're happy with that, if you're happy with, you know, if you're if you're okay with an expansion of the, of the of the canon, if you think that you that Jewish mystical text is exactly how we should interpret the Bible, then you're probably in the right place. But ultimately, the ecclesia of Christ, God's ecclesia that is spoken of in the Bible, the true ecclesia, the remnant will reject this. And the reason they will reject this is because we will not and take the uh, interpretation from following after the balls. Well, and the other problem is that they're taking rabbinic texts that are in <laughs> often constructed and and built up in response to Christianity to try to then go and, and anachronistically take that back and try to explain the words of Yeshua or, you know, and it's, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a tough uh, tough situation. It's it's uh, sad. That is for sure. All right. Well, I think our work here is done. One um, one last point. Yeah. For them, it seems that this Judaism, like I said, Judaism teaches, Judaism considers. Right? It's an actor. They they don't have a criticism of Judaism. They only have a criticism of Christianity. Interesting. Right? You can't question, right? That, that's that's an interesting thing. So at what point, and this, just back to this, the affiliations of different Messianic Jewish institutions, is anything off limits? Or is the only thing off limits telling Gentiles that they're part of the covenant? Is that is that what they, like, what's the core that they agree upon? Like, are they all promote, will they one week host Shapira and another week host FFOZ and another week host. um, Why wouldn't they though? You know, I don't know who else. David Rudolph, another week host um, Michael, uh, Michael Brown. Right. The idea is, is maybe, maybe the idea, maybe the sense is from a Jewish perspective, we're so few in number we just have to we have to rally together and we're not going to refine one another we're not we're not going to call one another we're we're not really going to sharpen our thinking and take a stand for the word of god rather we're going to kind of keep it in this fogginess where yeah the the sages you know we're even going to ordain rabbis you know so we'll have rabbis and uh you know and we'll talk about judaism you know and it's Again, I, in my view, this is my opinion. This kind of material makes people stupider. That's that. That's what the, the, this kind of yeah. It's the dumbing down. The it's, it, it's the dumbing it dumbs d- down. It's, yeah, the it's the dumbing down. It's dumb. It's the dumbing down of the ecclesia. It doesn't help. It doesn't help the audience obtain any real grasp of where true wisdom is. And ironically, they've published I think fifty-four tracts 
of this beginning of wisdom or something like that, or I, I might've misread something like, cause this is just a supplement. This isn't even the core content. So um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's the world, you know? Just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. Okay, we are going to cut it there. We'll be back next week. We have a lot more to talk about. And the, um, the thing is, is that uh, we still need you to uh, write in and we are getting some great, um, we're getting some, some great uh, conversational material to talk about because of your questions and your comments. Become a part of the Facebook uh, Messiah Matters uh, group and uh, you can carry on conversations there. Also, um, we are now posting stuff on quotes from this show are being posted on Twitter. So I would encourage you to go to Twitter at Messiah Matters is our, our Twitter handle. Uh, resource.com is a email address that you can use. You can also use Caleb at messiahmatters.com. 253-465-3205 is a phone number that you can call and talk to an answering machine. Tell us how much you love us, hate us, whatever you want to do. We'll be back next week. We might be getting a lot of the hate hate one now. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, this week for sure. We hope that this conversation has done at least one thing, and that is to glorify our great God and Savior Yeshua, the Messiah. Why? You know why because Messiah matters. Mm-hmm.